0: that that is what the standard is to like set in our head that like you you just you move you move you work you work you like just go 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 and there's not enough people places things telling us that like it's important to rest it's important to slow down it's important to take care of yourself um you know just as important
1: hi welcome to undefined you probably know me by now but if you don't I am Marissa Tashman, your host, and if you don't know me by now, welcome to my pod. I am very excited to be back on my regular schedule every two weeks, and I'm even more excited to share my interview with Lauren McAlpin, who I have actually known since I was in first grade, and we reconnected back in March or April, basically at the beginning of when the world shut down. I was really excited to reconnect with Lauren because we went to the same high school, we both went to Marlboro, and I think what was drilled into both of us was this energy of just working, working, working until you get super burnt out. And I loved my experience at Marlboro, but that definitely was what was drilled into us, and it has carried me far, it has also carried them far. And Lauren spent years in the beauty industry living in New York before developing their intuitive gifts and transitioning careers full-time into that area. So Lauren reads tarot cards and they have a business called Fog and Rain that's part of their tarot reading business, but Lauren is also getting their master's in psychology at Harvard and writing a tarot card deck that centers around Black historical figures, which I just think is really, really amazing. And we talk a lot about this during the pod, during the interview. And some of the other topics that we discuss. This one is definitely more, I guess you could say more in the spiritual realm. We talk about things like developing your clairs, which sort of is about heightening your own intuitive abilities. We talk about Lauren's intuitive gifts, overcoming a debilitating illness, experiencing commuting, communicating with their father's spirit and also the spirit of others, and how they can read other people's energy. And then also a big thing, and one of the reasons why we connected and why we continue to connect and a big topic of discussion just like when we go on walks together is protecting your own energy from your own energy. So, both of us have these two sides to ourselves. This like mystical, spiritual side and then this type A side which partially comes from just like innately who we are as people, but also just how we grew up and what we've been conditioned, how we've been conditioned to act like through our high school for example. So it's sort of about protecting your own energy from your own energy and setting boundaries with yourself. And we talk a lot about spiritual boundaries and being conditioned to never rest and what are the indications of overwhelm. And we do talk a lot about her new tarot card deck, which which they're currently in the like writing process. Uh, they're working with an artist, and I think it will come out at some point next year but i am very excited to share this conversation and i hope that you all really enjoy it some updates in my life my parents got a puppy his name is freddie and he is a golden retriever and he's so cute so that that is what i've been enjoying doing with my time recently and that's basically my major update but i hope you enjoy this conversation with lauren and I will talk to you all at the end. Um cool. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on my pod. I'm very excited about this. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Yeah, and it's just so awesome that we've reconnected. After. I know. I mean, we've known each other. I started JTD in first grade.
0: Yeah, so then so then yeah, since I was in second grade. Yeah. That's wild. So wild to think about.
1: Yeah. So wild. And our brothers even probably have known each other. Right. Right. So cool. Yeah. So I would love to start with you telling me about some sort of defining moment in your life, like a big choice, a big mistake, leap of faith, Mm. just like a big growth moment, basically.
0: Mm, A big growth moment. Um, So definitely what comes to mind first is... uh, my 2018 um, illness. uh, I had, um, right before I got sick, um, made the decision to stop working in the beauty industry. And um, I came out as non-binary and a lot of big changes were happening. And um, the day that I went to get a tarot reading, I literally walked in the door from my tarot reading. I was kind of just thinking about everything and um I realized like, wow, I feel really hot, like unusually hot, and I remember standing in front of the a c like face like two inches from it, and um you know life kind of was just like spiraling out of control thereafter and yeah. um I really had to quickly um come to a realization that like my health was deeply kind of like in jeopardy, and I was Really struggling. I mean, just to do like basic normal things that I can do take a shower, make a meal for myself, walk to the bathroom like, couldn't do it. A lot of pain. I was actually in a lot of pain. I just, um, uh, was exhausted. I had absolutely no energy, none whatsoever. And, um, I didn't eat for nine days and my skin turned kind of like a grayish color. And, um, you know, I, I essentially like my, my kidneys were, were infected and mm-hmm. were just had been for so long that, um, it started to just like shut down my immune system. And, um, I remember, you know, like not knowing how to do basic things, like not, even, not just like the element of not being able to, but then not knowing how, like, mm-hmm. um, my mom, flew me back from New York to LA to actually like be able to see me. And I called her crying because I didn't know how to pack a suitcase. Like oh, I didn't wow. know, I didn't know what you put in a suitcase. And I was crying and saying like, I know I should be able to do this, but can you help me? And, um, realizing that, like, my mental health, like, just went down the shutter also just because my physical health was so horrible. Right. Um, and it was around that time that I realized how important spiritual health is because, be you know, like, both my mental and physical health were so horrible and I really had to lean into my spiritual health and my faith and my beliefs and um i think it was kind of around that time that i um like my intuitive gifts started to change and um it really opened my eyes to a whole new world and kind of gave me this perspective of like when i got better that i kind of got my life back and i was yeah. you know given a second opportunity to you know, do things the way that I want to do them and the way that I feel um is just like energetically aligned with me. So, um it was after that that I just really committed to um my career change and uh to really um lean in leaning into being an educator and a healer and an advocate and um, it just really set me in a completely different direction. It was one of the hardest things I've ever been through. I I, I tell people that like, even having lost my dad at 15, that this was yeah. harder than that. Like oh, wow. I, it really, really was. It to, totally shook you. Yeah, it shook me. It's like, you know, look to look like death in the face and, you know, have doctors and my mom and people like not really confirming that, like, I was out of the woods. And, um, you know, it it really had a <laughs> big impact on um, my priorities and just what I think is important, um, who I want to be, how I want to live authentically, um, totally. you know, so, so many different things. And I just, I kind of said from then on, like, I have a chance to really do it right, do it the way that I want to do it, um, like very manifest human design type. And, um, you know, I just realized, like, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm, I'm going to kind of like walk to the beat of my
1: own drum. So you were in the beauty industry. What were you doing in the beauty industry? So
0: I was uh, in marketing. I actually kind of like bounced around a little bit. I um, worked in hair care. Then I worked in um Cosmetics, and then I worked in skincare. I've worked in-house. I've worked at an agency. I've done product development. I've done marketing, social media, copywriting, um, like a lot of different things. And it was great. Um, I think now looking back, I realize a huge part of that decision was, um, probably connected to my gender identity mm-hmm. and,
1: um, The the decision to to leave it?
0: No, I'm sorry, to to join it, like to even like be in the industry was, um, you know, like I just I loved makeup. But like, I think that once I really just understood who I was as a person, I realized that I don't actually enjoy like I don't know. I mean, and now that I'm I'm in school for psychology, I just look back at all of the marketing tactics yeah. that I was a part of and it just feels gross.
1: Yeah, so. Not aligned. so how did you kind of like realize that it wasn't aligned? Like what were some of the signs besides uh, getting sick, which I'm sure just, I don't know if like the timing of that worked such that, you know, the fact that it wasn't aligned kind of just was brought to the surface yeah um you know I think
0: I uh like I would come home from work and I would go in my room and I would turn on like I put on a movie or something and start eating dinner and then my roommate would come in my room and I'd be passed out holding the plate with all the lights on with the movie still on and um you know that just wasn't a healthy lifestyle um right. So I think I just realized, you know, I was really burnt out. And then also I think I was just like really angry all the time. I was like, just like not in a good mood because I wasn't doing what was in alignment with me. But so I think was I was just, fulfilled. yeah, I think I was just miserable. And that is like the biggest sign that something is not in alignment and that you yeah. need to make a change. So yeah,
1: for sure. yeah. And then, so what did you transition into doing? Like so after, you know healed and and got better yes, yeah.
0: so then I moved back from um uh, from New York to Los Angeles um, and then I started working for uh, an e-commerce brand um that no longer exists, but it was really great to work with such an awesome team um, where like all of the merch uh, had really great. It was like statement merch um, that uh, would have really inclusive, powerful statements on them and um, give proceeds to different uh, nonprofit organizations. Um, And I really enjoyed just being a part of something that um, felt like it was uh, bettering our community, bettering society. Um, And then I also did PR for a um, CBD brand, a woman-owned CBD brand um, in North Carolina called Soul Addict. Um, cool. I connected with Laura, the founder. Um, she's just such an awesome ray of sunshine and a great entrepreneur. Did um,
1: you use CBD? Do you use CBD? I
0: do sometimes. Um, I actually use it for my my dog more than I do for myself, but um, I do
1: for our dog too.
0: Yeah. So, um, so CBD it's great. I I mean, it helps a lot with my anxiety. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I dose um, Hannibal's food with it, and then sometimes I just like I'll smoke a CBD joint, and it really relaxes me. Also, Um, so. Uh, So yeah, so then I I just kind of like started um, pursuing any and all opportunities to um, just have my hands in wellness and bettering the community, even outside of wellness. And then I eventually made the decision to launch my company, um, Fog and Rain, and uh, begin teaching and um, doing readings as well, uh, which has been... Right? yes tarot readings yes um which has been um awesome it has been such a um rewarding experience even for me just to um be alongside people as they are kind of having revelations and connecting dots and things of that nature um so i'm so grateful to like all of my clients all of my followers that i've
1: worked with um do you think that your process in kind of just becoming more aligned helped like helps you when you work with somebody and you're watching them have all of those revelations i mean (coughs) excuse me
0: i think um
1: it's it's interesting
0: i uh i don't know i think that um I don't see myself as someone that like has it all figured out or um you know like is it constantly in alignment all the time but I do feel that just like having gone through my experience a couple of summers ago I have a just like a bit of a different perspective on right. um on uh, I think on on life but also the sense of um people or spirits always being present Mm -hmm. so that, you know, we're not always alone. And I think something that I've um, seen probably the most in in reading is um, just wanting to always remind people of that. I think that I've I've been blessed now um, to kind of now permanently have that reminder that our guides are always present. But um, I think that that has been the one thing that I um, am grateful for and has helped me be a really great reader because... um, I think it's uh, a really comforting, supportive place to be to feel um, their presence. Um, And I just – I want to, like, remind people of that. That's really more so. I don't see myself as, like, you know, uh, some, like, really important person that has this special thing. I I just – I don't see it that way. Um, I'm a neutral channel, and I just – you know, share share what is what is already there, and yeah. um, people just need that
1: reminder sometimes. So I think it's so interesting that your intuitive gifts were born at, around the same time as your illness. They
0: changed. They fully changed. I think that okay. when I was little, um, I there were definitely things that my mom noticed about me. Um, I like what? When, um, so when she started taking me to like look at preschools to Mm -hmm. like decide where I was going to go to preschool. Um, She remembers uh, them taking me like to a classroom and I was going to be able to watch um, or that she was going to be able to watch me in the classroom. And um, she said that uh, in watching me, she realized that I seemed like very overwhelmed and um, uh, aware of all of the other kids like what they were thinking and feeling and um you know i just couldn't really like do anything that didn't involve someone else's feelings thoughts whatever i was really just affected by I'm sensitive to that energy yeah very sensitive and to the point where it would just like shut me down or all i would talk about is, you know, like, what other people were feeling, not what they were doing, but what they were feeling or where, you know, like, what made that prompted them to do something. Um, And I think she just noticed as I got older and older that um, one thing that I just could not let go of is if someone was not being honest, or if they were um, doing something malicious, like Mm -hmm. the vibrational energy around that type of behavior would, like, stop me in my tracks. I'm not moving. I'm not talking about anything else. I just would become really consumed with that for like such a small child. Um, And uh, I think actually, as I've gotten older, I'm less empathic. I don't pick up on people's feelings Mm. at all. Really. I think that's like
1: almost like a coping mechanism where like Um, you're, you're almost like your subconscious has is protecting you. Probably,
0: probably. I think, um, I think also I've just kind of like come out of my body more and like into my head into like my crown chakra. So, um, it just feels, I don't know, less driven by, I don't know, like gut feeling. It's more like a, it's like people are talking even when they're not, they're sending off a vibrational signal. Um, and it, uh, I think I'm just more aware of that being where someone is as opposed to like me needing to engage or not engage with it. I just am aware of its presence more so than um, like wanting to do something about it. I
1: think that just has Mm -hmm. come with age. Interesting. So now you feel like you're less empathic and more... I'm more claircognizant.
0: Um, I talk about the Claire's sometimes um, with my clients because I think it helps mm, people. I'm sorry. Can you explain it? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the clairs, there's six clairs, and I honestly, I never remember <laughs> specifically how to like some of them, but it's essentially um, clear speaking, clear, um, I'm sorry, clear knowing, clear hearing, clear tasting, clear smelling. It's essentially like the, Um, the senses, the five senses plus clear knowing. Um, And uh, I think everybody um, has intuitive gifts. And I think um, the way to really unlock your intuitive gifts is to um, understand your clairs. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for some people, for example, like my mom, my mom is totally clear audience. She and, and I know the clear smelling one, I never remember of it, but um, she will smell the presence of like a product that was used on a floor from like four days before that or something. And like, I won't smell anything, but like she will smell it like to the point where she'll start coughing. Like she's just like very, very clear smelling. And it could not just be like a product, it could be food or it could be whatever. And I think that when... People tap into like which sense they mm-hmm. are usually stimulated by the most. That will help you understand how you receive information. So for me, I I know that I get my information from my guides. It gets dropped in right on top, like right at the crown of my head, right mm-hmm. in my head. I know it's information that's you know it's not a thought of mine. It's information from like another source, um, and it- then. I-
1: like, what does it feel like? Does it, it doesn't feel like a thought popping into your head? It if, it feels
0: almost like, um, this is like the best way I can describe it, is if anyone plays music and like if someone went over to a guitar or a piano and like hit a key or like, mm-hmm. you know, hit a note and someone would be like, oh, that's B flat. Like, you know, like you, right. it's just, yeah. it's, yeah, you just, it's like, it's the signal of certain, you know, like sound or or presence of something and so I think for me it'll be like it'll be like oh someone played an instrument but then what that information was was that like um oh she's like she's got family stuff going on right now like it'll be very specific that like it's not like, oh, maybe she has something going on. It'll be, it'll like come in really clear, like, oh, it's family stuff. She's got family stuff going on. Um, and I'll just, it'll be so specific and it'll kind of come in in a different way where it's not like um, a gentle entry into my brain or like a developed thought. It'll be like quick, like someone like dropped even, a book.
1: Yeah, and like, you don't, there's no reason or rationale behind the detail.
0: Right, and it also usually will be information that I wasn't seeking, like i wa- you know I wasn't like trying to figure out what was going on, like I could be in the post office and someone steps in like into the post office from behind me, right. but because of whatever vibrational frequency they're at that you they it's like they stepped in and like said something out loud, but they didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about what I am. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I and, and the thing is, like, not everybody, and I I, I want to also
0: stress, like, not everybody is, like, so clearly one versus not the yet. other, and also, it'll change. Like, I'm not a seer. Like, I have some friends that, like, dream specific, like, they'll see a whole person the day before they meet them and they'll be able to describe everything that that person was wearing. You know, like yeah. I've never seen anything. I don't get visions. I don't see colors. I, that's just not me, but that for some other people that works, but have I had like, um, clairvoyant dreams? Yes. But it's like very, very rare. Like I've had a dream where like I was going on a date with someone. I just like, I didn't know anything about them, but the night before I, I, um, I dreamt their their tattoo on their leg. I, I like, kind of saw what it looked like. Um, and, you know, stuff like that does not happen. And, that was, like, and that's what it looked like. That's what it looked like, wow. yeah. Um. But again, like, do things like that happen for me a lot? No, mm-hmm. they don't. For other people, it happens every single day. Like, they you know, it's like very, um, that's so Raven, like all of a sudden they'll right. ah, you know, like, and then, <laughs> like
1: they, yeah, they'll just
0: like go. And then they like know about something that happened in the future. I, I deal way more in the vibrational energy of right mm-hmm. now, but that's, that's the thing. That's me. And then I think also it's important that like, if you don't know, then like you could be someone that like has a mixture of like two or three or five right. or all six or whatever. And it's just about learning the language the same way that like, if you were learning Portuguese, you'd have to like slowly.
1: Right. The more you tap into it, the more aware of it you'll become. The more you'll have
0: an understanding. If you like really actually just like are mindful and you think about it and you stop and you don't brush things off as like, coincidence or like maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm crazy like your your human side will tell you those things whereas your spirit will like kind of nudge you in the ribs like that was something
1: yeah interesting it's interesting because I've like just recently over the past I don't know year or so I've been trying to get more in touch with my intuition really like the past like nine months I would say and I am noticing well first of all I'm noticing that like different times when I feel I describe it as feeling lit up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's like a positive, that's, I think my intuition telling me that this is a positive, whatever I'm doing is a positive experience. You're in alignment. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And then the other thing is I've become so much more sensitive to people's energy. Mm -hmm. I think I always had that, but I now am just so much more in tune with it. Mm -hmm. Even to the point of I was on a, uh, zoom or like video meeting at work once. And I could feel the other person's, Mm -hmm. she wasn't like anxious, I would say, but it was just a higher vibration Yeah, and she was like talking quickly. And it seemed like she was sort of a little like flustered or scatterbrained. Mm -hmm. And I was able to put this boundary between myself and that energy. So then that energy wouldn't, I wouldn't adopt that energy. Yeah. Because I I struggle with, like, I will adopt the energy of others. like Reflector, reflector, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. It's so important. I think – I mean, there's actually
0: so many books about um, boundaries for empaths. Um, And then there's also, like, people don't talk about it enough, but, like, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists that also are empaths or clairvoyant or, you know, whatever. And I think it's so important to – be aware of how you can create boundaries as a highly sensitive person or as an empath or whatever um yeah. because it's important otherwise you will totally just like you know draw draw that energy in if you're really aware of it because again like someone could be saying nothing but yeah. because of whatever vibrational frequency they're at it's like like a bullhorn is like you know like blaring behind cool. them
1: yeah. Oh, so interesting. Um sort of on the note of spirits and communicating with guides. Do you ever communicate with your dad? So, um you know,
0: I actually really I I don't. I think um so there's been a few things that I've heard and it makes a lot of sense that um sometimes I've heard that um when spirits transition and they are not um they don't feel as though it, it were their time or, you know, like they feel trapped or whatever, that they have a harder time communicating. Oh, um, so I, and I, I, it would make total sense. My dad um, would have been angry over his death and, um, you know, maybe that is why he has had a harder time. Um, but I will also say that um, there are moments where, you um, it kind of feels like the same energy. Like my dad was really busy, but like sometimes he'd be able to like pop in to see like 15 minutes of like a basketball game or something. Mm -hmm. And like whenever he'd show up, he'd like make sure that like he'd catch eye contact with me and like wave and then he'd be there, you know, like 10, 15 minutes. He'd have to leave again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think it's the same feeling sometimes that like, I won't necessarily be thinking about him or actually like, attempting to communicate with him, but he'll kind of like drop in and like pat me on the shoulder and then leave again, you know,
1: like, yeah, it's um, like I'm here.
0: Yeah, I'm here. And I think I've also just in um, knowing myself, like, uh, I get my most like pure, clear readings and energy sometimes. when it's just given to me, it's not actually sought out. So I've learned to kind of like not like looking for him and then he kind of appears that way like you know when I when I least expect
1: it Mm, that's so beautiful yeah I mean it's it's
0: hard trust me like after 15 years like it's hard to like not always like be waiting I mean I've definitely gone to um like I went to a group Medium reading with oh, like wow. 100 people in the room, and um, wow, yeah, I mean, first time I've ever done that, really, really cool. Um, where was this? it? was in Santa Monica, the play Santa Monica Playhouse. Okay. Um, the medium's name is Flora, um, like Florida Lee, I can't remember her last name, but she is um, such a beautiful spirit and energy, but um, she did a reading. And, you know, of course, uh, you know, she w- doesn't know who's going to come forward and in what order or whatever. And so um, she would just say, like, someone has stepped forward. It's an older gentleman. He died of a heart attack. Um, wow. he's, he's giving me the sense that he is for somebody in the back row. Does that resonate for someone in the back row? Like, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And um so she did, I came with my mom, I brought all of my dad, like, you know, his glasses, his passport, like all kinds of things, hoping, you know, yeah. that he would come forward. And we get through the whole entire reading and like the whole evening, it was like two hours with like mm-hmm. an intermission. And then we're down until like the last 15 minutes. So I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> maybe he's not coming forward. Right. Um. And then because I was so focused on my dad, I didn't think about any other person that may or may not come forward. Mm -hmm. And um, so then at the very end, she said, um, you know, I have a young man stepping forward um, who was shot. uh, And I think he's here for somebody in the front row. And when she said that, I was like, "Okay, well, that's not my dad. And like, okay, you know, evening over. And um, she said, does that resonate for you? You know, and she pointed at me and I said. I like kind of like looked shocked. Like, no, like that, you know, and she gave me this look that I was, I swear I'll never forget. It was a very clear you're wrong. Like she didn't like, like it wasn't like aggressive you're wrong, but like, think again, you know, like very clear, just take a moment. (laughs) Um, And then it clicked that one of my, my friends from college was shot and, and I said, Oh, I said, Oh yes. And then she started giving me information about, this person oh my god I just got the chills (laughs) so did I I literally just got I was about to say I just got the chills but um and so she just I mean like very specific detailed information that like wasn't even released like in the media or like anything like she she really knew um and so she just said all these things he had like things he wanted to say about different people and um the wildest part is that this person was um, uh, buried in a cemetery close to my very first job here in Los Angeles. And so I used to drive by the cemetery every single day, twice a day. And I would Mm -hmm. think about him all the time because he was only 23 when he died. And um, I just, I would think about him all the time, all the time, like, you know, just... Like you know, missing his yeah, his energy. Yeah, I mean, it
1: affects like when somebody our age, when you know we're so young, dies. Right. It's very confronting.
0: Yeah, and so I, I just, but it it completely blew me away. I was not expecting for him to come forward, and um, it just is a reminder that uh, that every person that we cross goes to the you know some beautiful beautiful place, and um, that they're still with us and, and, um, uh, present. I mean, she even said things that I had not spoken about with my friend. Like she said, you guys met when you were much younger, but you got closer to the end, which is true. We met when we were 18, but towards the end of his life, um, his cousin and my best friend were getting married. So we got much, much closer like later in life. And so she said, you know, he, he appreciates that time that you guys had, towards towards the end um, because he really felt like you guys were getting close. Um, and it's wild because it's like we never even spoke about that. Yeah, but it, totally. it's just such a validation of, you know,
1: the presence of many yeah, guides. So cool. It is. That's so cool. Yeah. So sort, cool. Of, sort of to go back to what we were talking about, about just protecting our energy. Yeah. One thing I know we've connected a lot on is how we both have these – two sides to ourselves Mm -hmm. we have like that spiritual mystical side and then this like you know type a business oriented side and sometimes I find myself having to protect myself from myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so I'm curious how that how you navigate that because I know right now you're getting your master's in psychology and then you also have this tarot business and you're writing a book. And there's just such a combination of spirituality and business. But I'm sure to tap into that spirituality, like you have to protect that from the business side to an extent.
0: Absolutely. Um, Quite frankly, I, I hate business. I really do. (laughs) I, I, I just, it's. I I don't feel like I'll ever have a company of my like a a company where I like employ people because I just w- I would never make money. I would only be caring about people's feelings. It's just like how I am. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's I know that about myself. Um, and uh, I don't know. I think that um, it is. I like I've just developed a really consistent self-care routine as well as a spiritual protection routine. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, What does that
0: look like? um, Both of them. So so, uh, my self-care routine changes a lot. I did a 365 days of self-care challenge um, last year and I have just developed like the practice of understanding that like, yeah, sometimes it'll be that like I take a bubble bath and other times it'll be that like I'm going to like make a really delicious smoothie and not look at my phone and just sit here for a moment and appreciate the moment. So then like it just really gives you the reminder to kind of slow down. Um, So it changes every day. But when it comes to my um, like spiritual protection, um, there are some like um, traditional hoodoo things that I have – kind of like incorporated just through like my lineage but then um you know there's all kinds of things when it comes to like you know putting certain things in a corner in your home as protection or um you know uh doing reiki on myself uh, or um a sound healing um you know podcast like listen to something so that like I'm you know I just uh actively think about um you know like how like when was the last time that I really did something that um established a spiritual boundary because I'm really comfortable with like verbal boundaries like no problem there but like (laughs) I I do every once in a while need to like you know like where where are my crystals that like um, really help with like protection. Like, do I want to put one in my car or like under my pillow or, mm-hmm. um, you know, do I want to take a, like a shower, but then like, as I'm in the shower, washing my hair, like actually visualize certain things that I don't want, like washing out of my hair. You know, it's like all different types of, you know, like, I, I think that I've just like learned from other people and then, then kind of like catered to what, feels comfortable for me. And, um, then I just try to stay as consistent as possible. I'd say that I'm probably more consistent with self-care than I am with protection, which is a problem for, uh, a Pisces stellium like me, like you're not (laughs) supposed to, you're really supposed to like be big with, with protection and boundaries, but,
1: um, Is that all Pisces? I'm a Pisces too. So I, so they say that, um, it's,
0: Yes, Pisces, but then also if you have your, if you have Pisces or Neptune um, in the first, fourth, seventh, or 10th house. Okay. um, Yeah, that they say that it's like extra, you know, important. And um, I have Neptune in the fourth and both my son and Venus and Pisces in the seventh. So um I I it's something that I'm I'm constantly working on and I think that like everybody will constantly yeah. kind of evolve with.
1: But maybe self-care is a form of spiritual protection.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like um I've learned that like adding high vibes to like a space is is also production. It's an yeah. attack on Low vibes and negative energy. So, um, and I think it's important that as everybody finds their way in wanting to make the world a better place, um, to kind of figure out which, you know, lane or both lanes you want to be in, because I think so many people are get stuck on like fighting the good fight, which I think is so admirable. And, you know, it's it's a hard run to, to do, but um, that it's just as important to be someone that wants to create space for healing and totally, joy exactly. and um you know just all of the good warm feelings that um society doesn't always rest that's another one yeah, like, exactly. like, like it's just as important to um to kind of give those things those attention as well yeah
1: i mean society tells us that to be successful we can't rest right basically yeah exactly yeah it's interesting how I mean, you know, we both went to Marlboro and mm. I think that that was sort of, at least I felt like that was kind of drilled into me. Oh, a hundred percent. A
0: hundred percent. You don't rest. You always work. You are busting your ass. I mean, like even knowing later, like, you know, we, I don't, I don't know if you guys had to do this, but, um, uh, you had a mini, you had to apply to a minimum of eight colleges. Was that? I think do that? that yeah, I think so. So it's like I mean, but but the, like looking at other schools now and realizing like that's insane. Like a lot, a lot of kids don't do that. Um, you know, right. <laughs> <of> like <laughs> twenty. Normal. yeah, yeah, it. exactly, I remember yeah, like twenty. Exactly, and and but that's like that that is what the standard is to like set in our head that like you you just you move you move you work you work you like just go 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 and there's not enough people places things telling us that like, it's important to rest. It's important to slow down. It's important to take care of yourself. Um, you know, just as
1: important. Do you think you learned that when you got sick? Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, Like,
0: and, and which I tell people all the time, like I stress to people when they say like, Oh, I don't have time to like, um, you know sleep in or I don't have time to like make a smoothie or I don't have time to like take a bubble bath and like life will knock you on your ass and so you have nothing but time now because yeah. we're about to like take everything and you just are gonna sit there
1: so like it's also about priorities too it's like absolutely we all have time to do the things that we either feel like we have to do or that we want to do yeah So when people say, "Oh, I don't have time to do that," it's just like, "No, you're just not making it a priority," which is okay. Yeah, society doesn't
0: really tell you that it's good to, but it's like I always tell people, I'm like, "You feel that way right now, but you would be looking at your 24 hours so differently, right?" Um, if all of a sudden, because like I had plenty of signs that I was getting sick, like nine months leading up to like me getting really sick, I was like, I broke bones I was like repeatedly like getting like hurt like my my bones were turning to like fairy dust and it's because my immune system was shutting down and I just wasn't picking up on the signs because I wasn't at that point like asking myself every day like what would be my self-care act like Mm -hmm. is it mind body or spirit that needs attention and what do I do for it um right. Because-
1: You're like looking like externally almost or living your life externally.
0: Uh, fully, fully. Just like wanting to um get as much work done as possible, be great and like, you know, be successful. And it's like now I want to be seen as somebody that um like takes time for themselves. Like I don't care if you think I'm successful or not. I want you to see me as somebody that like prioritizes um like mental and spiritual health, because I think that's where you can find so much success. And you'll like always have like more energy when you put attention there first.
1: Yeah, definitely. How have you been navigating that now? Because you have a lot going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm not as good good with it right now. I'm definitely not as good with it. um, Just as like a new dog
1: parent, but
0: yeah.
1: uh, it's that gi- giant parent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he is a giant. Um, and I think also I just like, when I got him, I wasn't thinking like he's 100 pounds and has lived outside his whole life. So like yeah. coming inside is going to be a transition <laughs> for the ages. But, um, I, I still am like really, really, um, adamant though, when I'm really, I'm, I'm starting to notice the signs of like, uh anxiety or frustration or whatever I'll eventually tell my mom like okay I need you to watch him for three hours and not call me unless he's on fire like I was like (laughs) I just need like you know just a moment some peace like a moment away and like I'll go to the beach and I'll pull cards for myself I'll like bring like kombucha and just like Take a moment to enjoy, like, being, you know, simply just being. Right. Um, and uh, I, I just, I always make it a priority. And I also make boundaries a priority. So, like, if I, I think I, I mean, I, th- I think I've had to cancel on you once because of a walk, but it's because, like, sometimes I feel like I've done the same, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like some- sometimes you eventually realize, like, th- I have, as I saw a meme that said, like, I have as much on my plate as I would like. And it's like, that is what I want to be like. Like, yeah. I, I realize when my plate is full, there's no more room, not even for like, you know, like sometimes it's a lot to like, uh, have a conversation when all you want to do is like get in the
1: bed, you totally. know? So I had, so I have recently like been trying to tune in to, to the things that come up that tell me that I'm have too much on my plate. Yeah. Yep. And one thing that is just, I mean, I kind of laugh at myself about it, but I notice that I will schedule things like either in my mind or I'll write things down and I'll schedule every moment of the day. Oh, yeah. And when I do that, that indicates to me that I have too much going on and I need to like prioritize certain things and let other things go. That's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it even happened like last night. I was trying to go to sleep and I could not stop thinking about just this weekend and like every hour what I was going to be doing. Yeah. And it's like the weekend. (laughs) Right. But you know
0: what? I think I really think that also is like a Marlboro, uh, like, uh, that that will just like that type of behavior will always be ingrained in us because like totally. you know we they were checking our to do lists from seventh grade so yeah. it's like I I am the same exact way I always have a written to do list at all times just to like make sure I'm like getting everything done but yes it'll real like once the page was like full yeah then I'm like okay something like something's gotta
1: give here I know and last night I I ended up like pulling out my journal and I just kind of like wrote the main priorities and then I in, I wrote an intention to just be present in what I was doing at this specific moment because I notice when I do feel that overwhelmed it's so much harder to stay present in what you're actually doing in the moment it is yeah but it I, really, it really yeah. is yeah it's it's um it's interesting <laughs> but I try to laugh at myself about it I'm like oh here I am doing this again just planning like every 30 minutes on a weekend yes yep totally hear you I want to talk about your deck that you're writing yes Um, and your motivation for doing that and kind of what your process is looking like yeah Um,
0: so Tales of the Black Tarot was born out of Um, me finding out about Pamela Coleman Smith, who is, um, or who was the illustrator for the Rider-Waith-Smith deck, which is the most widely circulated tarot deck across the world. Um, like over 100 million copies, just everywhere. Um, and most people, if you ask them, like, do you have like a writer, writer deck or Rider-Waith deck? they'll you know say, yeah i'm totally familiar with familiar with it and they usually only say writer way they never say writer way smith mm-hmm. um and she is the young black queer illustrator that um was hired to make these illustrations and um, this was A
1: long time ago,
0: 1909,
1: yes, so So, incredible. A very,
0: very long time ago, and um, she yeah, so she was hired by this older white gentleman while she was a student at Pratt to do the illustrations, she did them, um, and then her name wasn't even included on the deck, the like original, um, it was in circulation for a while, but then, um, because Uh, People were more interested in Italian decks versus English decks. Um, It stopped being, like, um, published. And Mm -hmm. so she died um, in debt, without her name on the deck, without, you know, knowing ever that, like, it would be the success it is today. Yeah. And um, so then when there was the um, kind of, like, resurgence of, um, you know, like, an interest in, uh, like... All things esoteric in the 70s, that's when it was republished, her name was added, and then now people are more or at least somewhat more aware of her story. But to me, it is still not spoken enough about. I feel like any single person that knows about the writer Wade Smith Dag should know who she is. Yeah. Um, so now Yeah, this I'm, her
1: story is incredible.
0: Right. It's it's just I mean, and and it is um a story that has and will continue to happen, um, and so I think it. I just wanted to create a book and a deck that um, uh, honored the Black uh, legacy and experience. Um, I am going to be um, using different Black historical figures and movements um, as the different archetypes for each card, um, and there'll be like a whole introductory chapter on um, Pixie, that's her, her nickname. Um, but then also, uh, like a small chapter on each card. Um, and so I, I'm really kind of looking at, um, all of the traditional tarot archetypes through the lens of black history, um, so that it feels relatable and, um, you know, and it also just honors, all of these people that have come before us right. um, and then I hope that it also just like inspires people to remember that like we are like the future legacy and that we are here to, you know, create and inspire. And totally. um, so that's kind of like where, um, where it all came from. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And um, there's nothing else like it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've looked, I mean, I, I definitely could be wrong, but I, I, haven't seen any decks that really honor like honor Pamela's story um and then there are some decks that um definitely do um honor um you know black people and um I I I have many of those decks as well um but I'm hoping that this deck will also it can be seen as you know like a gift for for people that are very you know, well versed tarot readers, but it's great for people that are just getting started. Um, because I think that uh, it's much easier to understand all of the meanings and interpretations of each card when there is, you know, a person like you right. um, you know, on the card. You know, it'll feel different if the King of Cups is Maya Angelou versus like an older white man. Totally. Uh, yeah.
1: And written by somebody like you yes exactly yeah my um
0: i'm I'm so honored and excited to be working with my um illustrator p um you know to have two black people coming together creating a deck for black people. Um, right. It's great that there have been decks that um have black bodies um in them and featured on the covers, but I think representation has also led to a bit of confusion. there's some decks that have been created by white people. And there are awesome decks, decks that I use regularly, but, um, there's a misconception that they were created by black people because of, um, you know, the fact that there were so many black people featured. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping that this will be, um, kind of like, a also just a lesson to just do your research and, um, you know, learn about the creators, um, of decks because, uh, I think, you know, that that's really the whole reason I created this was because of um, Pamela and, yeah. um, you know, and the lack
1: of her. research there. Yeah. And to honor her. Right. Have you been able to connect more with your own lineage through your research process?
0: Um, yes and no. I think um, as someone who's adopted, it's interesting to kind of understand my, um, my ancestry, um, without
1: like knowing anyone personally, um, from, yeah, from, how have you, you know, na- how have you like navigated that and kind of learned about it?
0: Yeah. So, um, I've done, uh, I, like I did, a. I finally did like a 23andMe test mm-hmm. just to like actually know where my roots are from. Yeah. Um, what did I say? Uh, I'm a, I'm um, like 60% African and 40% um, other, and it's like a big mix of other. But of like the largest percentage is 23%, and I'm 23% Nigerian, and then everything else is like two percent, one percent, 1.5 percent, one per two. You know, like very very right. mixed. Yeah. But um, my birth mother was born and raised in New Orleans before she moved here. Um, so I do know also that I have New Orleans roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just have learned a lot about, um, New Orleans and hoodoo and, um, uh, just kind of exploring, um, things on my own, which yeah. is, which is, uh, interesting, intimidating to be quite frank. Um, but I, I think it's, important for me to really like lean into who I am like authentically. And so it's a learning experience about, um, learning about myself in a way that feels kind of distant, but,
1: um, Do you still feel, do you feel connected to it?
0: I definitely feel connected to it. I mean, I like, especially having, um, like my, my mom, my, my adopted mom, but my mom, um, who is not a, uh, <laughs> as, as, like, Claire Audient and all these other things that she is she's not a major believer like I am she's actually very much a skeptic so um I do know that um my my spirituality is really deeply connected to like my my birth mother and probably like my birth roots Mm um so it to some degree does make me feel connected to like people that I I don't know but I think it's a reminder that spirit guides are also not always people that you know that like you know they're you know kids from past lives and you know your uncle from a future life and you know someone you passed on the street like 200 years ago you know it's just like a big mix of people that or mix of spirits that kind of come and go and change over time. Um, and I think it's just like a reminder that that's kind of how things work.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that it's like so cool to, that just the discovery process that you've gone through to feel that sense of connection. And also just to acknowledge that that must be hard to not have that directly come from your mom or your dad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it's... Um uh it it does feel like a little like isolating and a little um strange but uh i feel like it's the only way that i'll really be able to understand myself and my gifts and um you know it's i think i'm just like always really interested in like self development and self exploration yeah. and um i think it'll like who knows where it'll take me but i like i've i've been to new orleans a few times and i just feel really deeply connected mm-hmm. there so um so it's, yeah, it's a
1: journey definitely I mean I feel like that up in like the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. which I don't know why but something about it or even like at the because when I went on this trip in August my like long road trip yeah I went up to the top of California yeah. something about it just like it's almost like this sense of home
0: yes yeah And I think that's really beautiful to kind of like experience. Um, Definitely. So so I think – and and also just as a reminder of like community that like, you know, ancestors, spirit guides, wherever, like your community kind of like exists everywhere you – you know, even when you you travel, so.
1: Yeah, it's not limited to what we typically think of what community is. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I have some ending – quick fire questions Ooh, love it if you're ready um I'm ready. and this is sort of just you know the things that pop into your mind yep okay so what book are you reading right now or books plural I read like multiple at a time so. yeah
0: no I actually do too so I'm reading um 365 days of hoodoo cool. um which is kind of just like I, I'm like kind of like a
1: like a practice each day.
0: Yeah. And, um, I'm, you know, I don't always, you know, crack it open or, or even always do something, but I think it's, um, like helping me connect to my lineage and my ancestry, Mm -hmm. um, in a way that feels like private and comfortable where like no one is, (laughs) no one's watching me, you know, (laughs) like I'm, I'm like allowed to kind of have that, um, that private time. Um, and then just because of course, since I'm, I'm in, in the midst of writing this book, I'm reading, um, a book called a cultural history of tarot, which is also just kind of interesting to, um, learn about it. Like not just through the lens of, um, you know, being a black person, but, yeah. uh, just how it's been seen over, over the years, um, also. So yeah. it's kind of, Kind of, you know, witchy witchy material right now, which kind of helps me because I, I'm also taking statistics um, <laughs> this semester. So like, like, literally
1: the opposite of that. Yeah, I, I, like,
0: I need something that feels like literally as far in the other oh. direction as possible. So yeah, there's
1: the balance.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: Okay, what was the last meal you had?
0: Ooh, um, barbecue chicken pizza. Ooh,
1: yum. Mm-hmm. Did you make it?
0: No, this is a CBK frozen pizza oh, that I was exhausted and <laughs> walked in the door and literally put it in immediately. So
1: good. Yes. When you imagine your happy place, where is it? Anywhere outdoors, probably the ocean. Awesome. Do you go to the beach a lot?
0: All the time. All the time. That's like where I love to pull cards.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. I love the expansiveness of the ocean. Yeah, totally. Where I live close to it. Yeah. If you could speak to yourself 15 years ago with the knowledge that you have now, what would you say? Stop worrying about boys. They really are
0: like, (laughs) you want to be one, you don't want one. That's what I I would tell me.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. I should remember that. Stop worrying about boys.
0: Stop worrying about boys. Like it's it's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Definitely don't need them. Yeah. Um, And since we've been talking so much about your process in kind of becoming undefined, what definitions do you feel are true to you?
0: Oh, you know, it is actually so funny that you are asking me that because just this morning I was asking my, or like thinking about that. I, I really like, uh, I, I hate all labels, even the ones that I actually claim. Yeah. I really, I just, I don't even, I don't even yeah, enjoy that. It's
1: so interesting to like, Look okay, like thinking about the label of being non-binary. Mm-hmm. It's like we label that, but it's it's just ironic. Yes,
0: right, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think also like, um, you know, when I discuss like being non-binary, and then people want to transition from discussing gender to sexuality, and they want to discuss sexuality, it's like, uh, like I like sometimes I feel like. I want to like not even talk about my sexuality because I feel like it may overshadow my gender identity. And then I'm like, forget even like mixing in the fact that I'm like a black person and queer, you know, it it just like, don't, I, and I'm adopted and I'm, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's all these little labels that I'm, you know, that are me, but um, I think that they all come with like a weight or a stigma or a idea of what it means. Um, And so, so it's tough. I'm like, I swear, I like always look for opportunities not to to identify myself as anything.
1: Yeah. And it's such a natural human tendency to identify ourselves.
0: Yes, it is. But I think the older I get, the more I'm like, fuck that. And I always look for any space that does not require me to do so like you know that you don't need to know what ethnicity I am in order to speak to me or that you don't need to know what gender I am in order to speak to me like there you know there are times that you of course want to be sensitive to people but you also just like people are human beings and so yeah. you can't dress everything literally in like you know like a like I have to speak to this person this way. And I've experienced that as a black person that has been around mostly white people my entire life where, yeah, where I can tell the shift of like, you're a white person that doesn't spend time around black people. And I can tell like, I just met you and you're really, you are speaking to me this way because of the body that I'm in and I get it. But um, it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I, as I get older, I'm just really, really aware of like you need answers on who I am in order to engage with me versus like you don't need those answers. You're going to be able to like be like make me comfortable, have a conversation, do all that without questioning me to death.
1: No. <laughs> no. Comes about the other person, yeah. In a sense. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, this was awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. And I love talking to you. And we have Likewise. to talk soon. Yes. This is awesome. Isn't Thank it? you so much. Of course. Hello again. Thank you all for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. And I will include links to the things we talked about in the show notes, as always. And if you can, please download, because apparently that helps the stats, as I've learned, Although I'm still learning what the stats even mean and the analytics, but it's kind of cool to look at. So apparently, if you download it, that increases the stats, whatever that means. So download, also rate and subscribe and review. I will love you forever. I will love you forever even if you don't rate and subscribe and review. But regardless, I really, really, really appreciate you listening. This is a little side project. As most of you probably know, I am a lawyer full-time and this is my little side project. And it's just fun and creative and helps me get out of myself and be more vulnerable into the world. So thank you for listening. I... Love all of you, and I will talk to you all again in two weeks.